Welcome to the Heart of Money podcast, where we discuss the impact that money has on every area of your life, and where you can learn to make smarter money decisions. Join our conversation as we discuss our past experiences, talk about how to make better money management choices, and in the end, make a commitment to being weird. Hey folks, welcome back to the Heart of Money episode 36. I'm your host, Austin Black, and right across the screen from me, in a much better light tonight, on this lovely Tuesday evening, my co-host, Bob Wessler. Bob, how are you this evening? I'm good. I'm out of witness protection. I moved to the other side of the desk so you could see me. Out of witness protection? You got to explain that because I'm not even sure what your definition would be. Well, you know, the anytime they have the interviews with people, they're always backlit and you can never tell who the person is and, you know, they put the... <laughs> deep fake voice or whatever on them. And that's how I looked when I had moved my desk and decided that this evening, instead of being on my normal side of the desk for work, I would flip it around because I've got a configurable desk that I would face the window instead of be backlit. So you can say that I am here and, you know, all my chins are in force with me. So, so what you're saying are. is you've made a, you made a complete 180. I did, but I'm um, <laughs> well man speechless. it's been speechless after that one <laughs> it, it, yeah i i am really good at uh making dead ends on these <laughs> <laughs> there, there's one thing that that we're really good at <clears throat> is talking about things that you should not do and there's one thing that you have come across lately that everyone, I shouldn't say everyone, a lot of people probably are getting intrigued by this and hmm. interested in this. And we're seeing it more and more. I've been starting to see it now, which really makes me really nervous. What What's the new big thing that everyone needs to stay away from? Oh, it's, it's the reverse layaway program. Um, if you're a child of the 80s or before, maybe even the 90s, I don't know. I used to remember seeing the layaway. Oh, it, it was still in the 90s for sure. Was for it? sure. Um, yeah. But layaway was when you made payments towards something like at Walmart or somewhere else. And after you made all your payments, you got the item. Well, now layaway of the 2020s is buy now, pay later. And uh, what that is, is you purchase it now you receive the item today or within a week and you're paying for it over the next well it depends on the scheme and i say scheme because of the way it's built um you could pay it in four installments over the course of the month you could pay it in the course of six months for zero percent interest you could pay for it for the rest of your life maybe um all depends on so how you're saying you're going and how you pay that for it Yes. Yes. <clears throat> that just doesn't even make sense. <laughs> so, so you should expand on that part. Okay, so you, you said reverse layaway, and if I remember right, <clears throat> layaway was whenever you put something, <clears throat> excuse me, you said you were going to buy something, so they put it aside for you, and you make payments on it, and then once you have made the full payment, then you can receive. Is that that's correct, right? At, to my knowledge, that was you know, growing up. I think that's how it worked. I never 
participated in. So, one. so this is essentially, if I'm getting this right, this is essentially a modern credit card. It is so a would that modern be a credit assessment? card. It it is. Um, it is a um, paying installments like a credit card. Um, I, I think there many of them. There's a pay in for or different ways to handle that. Um, I, I will tell you one that I've used is you make a purchase over X number of dollars, you can get 0% interest for six months. Um, how does that work? Like everything else I've ever done on a credit is that you break up the payments and either you pay it in full before it's due or you break it out in the time period that you have. Um, so you don't pay interest. Um, the thing that you have to start watching out for at this point is those have gone from larger purchase items that in some ways, you know, could have a purpose in the scarcity concept of what we've been living in for the last two years. If I purchase this now, it might not be around later, but that also lends to the having the money now to buy it now. So you have it, you don't run into the trouble of potentially paying extra on the purchase um, one of the big traps is you've purchased it, you've forgotten about it, and you still haven't paid for it. Um, that that in itself is a, is a big trap. So but, is this something that that folks who maybe don't have a credit card can still utilize that same buying method? Is that kind of how it's being marketed? Because to me, it sounds like the exact same concept of the zero percent financing. The, the using your credit mm-hmm. card, the you know, whatever, whatever the, the marketing phrase is, but I mean, does walk, walk me through how the payment actually takes place? Well, and you're exactly right. It, it is a credit card without a piece of plastic. Um, and if I remember correctly, in many of these cases, you don't actually sign any agreement uh, per se, as in establishing a credit card or a line of credit, you're getting a, at the time that you check out of whatever online platform, you have the option to break your payment into four. And at that point, you're, for lack of a better term, on the hook for these four payments or six payments or whatever it is. Um, but you're not getting a piece of plastic that you're going and spending more on. These are, in essence, short-term loans at a fixed interest rate or 0% interest for a certain period of time. Like a credit card, if you miss that time period, because it's not structured, let me take that back. There are some that if you pay in for, let's say you have a $100 purchase, you pay that in four installments of $25. Now it could be that there's some that you pay in four installments of $26. You're paying a dollar for the um, ability to have that service. Usually in most cases, you're not paying any extra over those $25, those four payments at $25 each because the merchant is paying the fees to get you to buy the item now getting it out of their inventory, they're already writing it to their bottom line. The customer now has it. And now if you would miss those payments, you're hit with the 18 to 24 to, you know, with inflation, maybe 38% interest rate. Um, 
it, it depends on which company is and how they've got that structured. So yeah, it, it is very similar. It's a line of credit for a one-time purchase that can be expanded to a longer type of line of credit that's a revolving line without a card. So to me, there's there's at least two, maybe even three distinct elements of this that really puts me up on guard, makes me very concerned about um, usage of this, especially in today's economy and in our society with just the way that people handle, operate, manage money. Number one is... I see this being used to to target the people who just cannot manage their money, and I, and I've I've I mean that just if if you can't if you can't even build up your credit enough, you know, not that we want you to build up your credit, but if you're at that if you're at that point where, like you said, it's a credit card, not the plastic, so that's going to attract people <clears throat> who simply just don't have the money to buy it up front, or for whatever reason, you know, they want to break the end of those payments. So they can have more cash flow, whatever the case is. I'm looking at it from the standpoint of they probably don't have the the, amount, the full amount of money to begin with, but they want to buy this item. So to me, that's someone mm-hmm. who is in a, a lesser financial management um, status or ability, income, whatever the case is. <clears throat> and the and second thing, let me interject with, yeah, if they were going in to make a purchase, it could be that that, again, we'll say $100. They're going in to make a $100 purchase, but at the time they check out online, they have the option of paying $25 over four months' time with $25 not being due for another month. They've just broken down that purchase into something that they don't have to pay anything now, and they only have to pay $25 for the next four months. So, yes, in that case, if they do or don't have the money on the spot, it's more appealing that they don't have to have that $100, they now have the option of pushing it off 30 days and not paying the whole thing for another 160 days. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. The <clears throat> The second thing that I see then is, you know, it is another form of credit. <clears throat> and to me, it almost seems too easy to build up those forms of credit, especially if you're not keeping track of what you're buying, you know, with, with credit card, you're going to get that statement. <clears throat> you're going to know what's going on, or at least you have the ability to know what's going on. In my mind, as I'm listening to you talk about this, I'm thinking, okay, if I go on, you know, to five different sites in a day, buy, you know, $300 worth of items, but I only end up paying $50 that day. Am I going to even remember a month from now right. that I owe that money again. I would say the chances yeah. are probably not. What, what, am I, do you think I'm correct in that assessment? Well, it, I would say that depending on the vendor, there are more and more companies that are now doing this. It was more popular overseas before it came to the United States. Uh, but some of these companies are now um, either creating U.S. versions or they are buying into the market in different ways. Um if you only have one company that you're making purchases through, it's similar to a credit card that you can see on a monthly basis, what you spent, what you owe. And just like a credit card, you don't, they don't break it down into, Hey, here's your 
breakdown. And now let me say that in certain cases, the ones that are like four and four, I haven't used those. I think they are established. So this is your payment for the first time of $25 next month, you'll owe 25, et cetera. In the other incident, you have multiples that's running like a um, revolving line of credit. And they say, here's your minimum payment, like a credit card, but it doesn't match what your portion would be if you were going to pay it off in four, six, or 12 months, whatever sure, yeah. it would be. That is on the consumer to do. So you mentioned you haven't done four and four. Have you used this buy-in method yourself? I have used the um, six months, 0%, because we've talked about the you know, I am 0%. I do not pay any interest. When I got my new vehicle and I was doing some stuff, um, went ahead and set it up that it was just as easy for me to put it on the six months, 0%. The caveat with that, the problem with it was that I bought into the, oh yeah, I can break this up into the six months and I can pay X. It's how I've done it in the past with a credit card at 0%. Um, the problem was that I didn't include that dollar amount in my budget. So mm, yeah. when it came time in the next month, it was, yes, I can do this. Yes, I can do this. Yes, I can do this. Oh, it takes away from my unaccounted purchases budget. We've talked about that, right. that I am now putting in an unaccounted allotment for what I had on a revolving buy now, pay later um, revolving line of credit. And again, in the last two years for a larger purchase, in some cases it's made sense. Or if I was working on a project, wanted to get it done, just the way my mind worked, I had the funds to do it, but I didn't budget for it correctly. Um, yeah. So it was a trap for me. Have mm. I had to pay any interest? Nope. Am I going to? Nope. Because I have set it up in my budget and in my spreadsheets, the, how much I need to pay every month to make sure that I'm paying it off. Um, so that, that's where I've gotten into it. Um, you did make the comment about it being easy. Yes. When you get into it and you see, Hey, you can break it up over a certain amount of uh, a certain time period. Um, I don't believe that there's necessarily a credit check that goes into it. And prior to the last six months, it wasn't even being reported <laughs> through credit bureaus. Uh, TransUnion, I believe has changed that maybe Equifax also, um, that they're going to start doing reporting on the lines of credit for these buy now, pay later. Um, I, I don't want to keep calling them schemes, but the buy now, pay later. Um, transactions. Transactions. Thank you. But having said that, and the dollar amount, where it's getting scary is you're starting to see it in grocery stores. Ooh. And Austin, tell me where you've seen it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I honestly could not tell you the exact place I saw. I, I've, I've maybe seen it two times. I mean, and I probably wouldn't have even noticed uh -huh. it, except you had, had mentioned it to me several weeks back, and it just it caught my eye. It was something online, um, but I honestly, I could not even tell you if it was if it was a PayPal mm -hmm. deal or, you know, what the vendor was. I, I don't remember at all because I... I just saw it. I noticed it, but I didn't process who this is from. I was like, I'm not even going to do that anyway. Yep. Um, but I, I so, do know it was something online with with something. It, it probably wasn't PayPal. Probably is because I 
yeah, that's probably the vendor that I would do the most business with. Um, yep. so yeah, that, that's, that's where I've seen me. Yeah, boy, you put that on a grocery store. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that's, that is a day. Yeah, I mean, and I'm, I'm not talk from my own experience. Just, that's just a dangerous path <clears throat> to go down. Yeah. Yeah. It initially started out as something to break out into, you know, the pay in four, the four larger or the, the one larger payment broken into four installments. That was typically for clothing, uh, shoes. You saw that as one of them for electronics, mm-hmm. other things over a hundred dollars, couple hundred dollars, whatever. Within the last couple of months, you're starting to see it at grocery store checkouts. And like you said, this is where it starts to get dangerous because if you are putting your groceries on a buy now, pay later, you're going to get into a cycle of always paying for groceries you ate two weeks ago, three weeks ago, six months ago. And I, I think that's really why I wanted to bring this one up is that, yes, I I got into the trap. I saw where my shortcomings were in doing it that I didn't budget for it. So if you're not good with budgeting, if you know, goes back to your story, Austin, and not having the money, somebody shows up in that grocery store aisle and go, Oh, you know, this is $20 to go to the grocery store. I don't have $20, but I can pay this over the next four weeks for $5 a week. Well, if you don't have that $20 now and you don't have that $20 when you go to the grocery store next week, and next week, especially with our current situation and inflation, that you bought three items and now that twenty dollars is twenty six dollars. <laughs> yeah, you know th- there's a, a cycle that's going to be happening. Today's episode is brought to you by Freedom Financial Coaching. I'll never forget the night that I couldn't afford to buy groceries because I had overspent my paycheck. I had a good job and I wasn't a lavish spender, but debt and poor money management was causing me. To go broke. That guilt and fear made me take responsibility for my finances and helped me learn the fundamentals of sound money management. Now, 10 years later, I am proud to be married with two kids, a paid for house, and enjoying a completely debt free lifestyle. Through this journey, I discovered the key strategies for achieving financial independence as a couple. So if you're struggling to take control of your money or get on the same page with your spouse in regards to finances, then I invite you to apply to my Money Mastery Program and get personal coaching to transform your relationship with money so you and your spouse can achieve financial independence. I only work with a handful of couples one-on-one, so be sure and get your application in today. Head over to freedommoneycoach.com slash apply. And let's start the conversation. The the phrase that keeps popping up in my in my mind as you're talking about this, <clears throat> you know, we we talk about the um, the payday lender and how it you know just is the the, the criminal of the lower class. I, th- this is sounding like a like a digital payday lender to me. This is sounding like a maybe a well intentioned opportunity Mm -hmm. but that could very quickly and very easily take advantage of someone who just doesn't know how to handle it is is that too harsh of a of a thought you think well i i abhor payday lending 
with my experience in banking with my customers, um, I did have some that went that route and just, it made me sick, not because of their actions, but that was the route mm-hmm. that they ended up taking and it ended up costing them greatly. Um, and this, I foresee being an issue. And now that um, the credit bureaus are going to start reporting on it, uh, it it could really, you know, we talk about not having credit scores, um, preferably not having a score. And if you have one, uh, the higher, the better from my standpoint, because you're paying stuff off, but you're not paying that interest. But for somebody that isn't disciplined, from the standpoint of knowing how much they need to pay when they need to pay it and to avoid those fees or those charges, um, they're going to drag down their score. They're going to have more problems long run um, with both paying the interest, paying the fees and doing anything in the future. If they use a credit score, will have negative ramifications in the long term. So we have, we've kind of tore this apart quite a bit. And I think anyone who is, who is listening probably has a lot of, of questions, concerns. Maybe they agree with this. Maybe they don't. That's, you know, that's their, their opinion and everything else. So I'm going to flip it just a little bit because we have been just analyzing this from the negative connotation because you have, have seen it, experienced it, done it a little bit. Are there any situations in which you feel this would be a beneficial or positive or sound transaction for someone under any situation? Is there any any time where you you would say, okay, this makes sense for this particular moment? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I I go back to, again, the, the situation, the, the life that we've been living for the last two years with, with some scarcity of products. Um, I would say the best way to handle anything is to have the money up front. Um, we've had the conversation before as far as just being able to pay for something, the opportunity cost of paying for it now versus paying for it later, having the money now versus having the object now. Um, you know, if you can pay it off in six months, if you have it budgeted that you can pay it off in six months, if you can make it work, and, and that's where I'm getting on thin ice. If I'm saying you can make it work, mm, might be a little rough. But in those situations that it's a... Let, let, let me reframe this have a little it. bit for you. Uh-huh. And, and the the vendors, the companies, the the instances in which you have seen this offered, is there is there a particular mm-hmm. um, product or marketplace or you know opportunity that you can see this at any point maybe being a viable purchasing option? Um, so maybe let, let's let's take out just the financial aspect of of does it fit in your budget or mm-hmm. not? And look at maybe the situational purchase of it. Are there any times where where you can see this being maybe not the first choice? Because obviously your first choice is to pay for everything yeah. in full, have the money for it, yada, yada. But where it would be an yeah. acceptable choice and wouldn't get you into a bind because you're financially set. 
Yeah. If you're financially set, if you have the money in advance, um, or if the opportunity cost is that you will be gaining something by, and I say that from an interest perspective, if you're going to earn something money-wise with the offset of not spending this money up front with the purchase, that is starting to be a bygone era. Um, right. If you find an opportunity, and I'm going to say this from the aspect of eBay, because you will find people on eBay that don't necessarily, and you also have to watch out for scams with this. Somebody is selling an item. You're not buying a new item. In some cases, you are buying a new item. But if the price for one is a percentage, you know, 10%, 20% less. Sometimes that's too good to be true. Sometimes, especially on a, a reuse or a uh, used or previously owned item, um, mm-hmm. you're getting a good deal. You can purchase that if you were going to purchase it anyway. This is not a product that you want to just go purchase things on a whim um, like the good old home shopping network, you know, you're going to yeah. rack up a $600 bill getting, you know, the best set of earrings, necklace, whatever, because you're bored and watching TV and, Oh, that sounds good. I'll pay 600 and I'll do four payments of 150 each because what you'll end up doing is that 600 turns into 1200 turns into 1800 because you're purchasing stuff. And all of a sudden yeah. now you've got to pay all that off. Um, and, and so what you purchased was $1,800, but then if you don't pay it in the time frame, you're now paying 36% interest on that $1,800. Um, I used it because I was working on a project. I had all pieces, parts together that I wanted to work on before I sent it off to somebody else to work on to finish the product or finish the project. So it worked for me because I could pay it off in that six months. I got a good deal on some of the stuff that I got, mm-hmm. but I'm also turning around and selling stuff on eBay to take care of or replace the things that I purchased as an offset. That doesn't happen as quickly. Um, note to eBayers that, you know, unless you sell it <laughs> dirt cheap, it's not going out the door as fast as whatever you purchased to begin right. with. So, um, I, I think buy a lot few and far between sell. there are, Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I think in many cases it is, it is not the best choice. I think it's again something that you have to determine your opportunity cost of buy now for a hundred bucks or buy now and pay twenty five bucks for the next four months, et cetera. Um, where I don't see it being feasible is where it is moving into the grocery stores, gas stations, everyday life. Um, I'm going to jump one, in real quick because yeah, remember your thought because I know you were going somewhere good, but it's, I just I had this and I think it relates very well to <laughs> you the think? comment you just said 10 seconds ago. I think, I hope. <laughs> um, so you said, you know, you've got the money right now, you know, the $100 or you can buy it and pay $25 a month next four months. The thought that popped in my mind was... <clears throat> I can see someone going out and buying something that they want and is a, we'll say it's a good purchase 
definitely not a need, but they have the opportunity mm-hmm. to make that purchase. Let, let's say that they're going out and they're getting, you know, a new pair of boots or they're going out and they're getting, um, you know, something for a hobby. So they know mm-hmm. what it's going to cost. They go out and then they buy it. <clears throat> they set it up on this plan, but it's a four month paying plan and two months down the road, they kind of forget that they actually spent that much money on it. They don't necessarily have the immediate satisfaction or the continual use of that item per se. So I mm-hmm. just, I want to, I want to throw that out there. That's, you know, that that's a thought that popped in my mind was if someone spends money on this in a moment where they can afford it and they will use it, but they don't necessarily need it. There may be a delayed mm-hmm. <clears throat> realization of, Oh yeah, I still owe money on these, and I haven't used them for right. two months. This kind of sucks. Yep. Yeah, I think that's the biggest trap from a paying later standpoint. The thing that where I was going was the concern of everyday purchases, grocery stores, gas stations, where it takes that to the next level of you've consumed it. You didn't mm, need it yes. to be. It, it was it was something that you wanted at the spur of the moment. And like I said, it's not that you're buying that six hundred dollar item that turns into a twelve hundred dollar item. You're buying that three dollar item that turns into a four, five, six, to where you're spending that twenty dollars when you initially went in for something that was four dollars, or you initially went in for twenty dollars and now you've spent one hundred and twenty dollars. Um, that's where you get into trouble, and that's where you start this cycle of. Am I keeping track of it? Should I have spent this in the first place? And then you get buyer's remorse mm-hmm. that you're still paying on something that you've, you're not using, you've already consumed, you've completely forgot about. Um, again, I think that's the, when it's a higher dollar item that you're splitting out and you have reason to purchase it on those lines and it's an informed decision is much different from somebody walking into a convenience store and having the ability to use this um, on a regular basis, because I think at that point it's a hook and it's very similar to a payday loan, but they don't have to go to a payday lender. They just have to go up to the kiosk and press a button. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. I can see it being a very, very slippery slope in those situations where you just, you know, they say, well, Hey, do you want to break this into four? Well, yeah, that sounds great. And you walk out the door and two weeks later, you completely forgot about it. Um, yep. Very, uh, very, informative insight on that my my uh my advice is don't do it (laughs) (laughs) yeah looking back on it now had i not been doing what i was doing you know and even at that probably wasn't you know the best thing to be doing but as we rehash it no not not the best way of doing things you're better to have that money up front um but again the in the environment we've been in in some cases it has served its purpose well. I think it's just going too far and customers, consumers need to be aware of the pitfalls of it when it gets to be yeah. everyday items, um, especially consumables. Well, and, and you hate to say it, <clears throat> but the reality is we know full well that, that companies and vendors are going to probably exploit this because they can make money on it. That's just the reality of it. And I think that's probably what we want to to leave you know, listeners with is be aware and be conscientious and don't fall into the trap of convenience 
because just like every other thing that comes out there, this transactional method and Bob, you, you can, you can comment if you agree or not. They didn't present it because they thought they were going to lose money on it. It, it was not right. put into the marketplace because they wanted to help people out. I can promise you that. So, you know, being conscientious of your purchasing decisions, your budget, your need for the item. Um, will this be an opportune uh, method? Maybe, maybe not. Um, just, I think awareness is, is crucial in making that decision with each transaction. Yeah, I can tell you to, to reinforce your point when you buy a, you know, a $300 item and you need to pay $30 this month and you need to pay at least $30 for the next four months. The math says that doesn't pay off that $300 item. So of course, if you just pay the minimum payment, you're, you're not going to get that paid off and you're going to end up paying the interest. The other thing is that even if you are doing that four and four and it's lined out to where you're paying 25 bucks, you know, for four months in a row on a hundred dollar item, chances are more than likely that the person that is on the other side of that transaction isn't getting you to buy just a hundred dollar item. You're probably going to chip in a few more things to 110, 200, 250 um, that you're now paying for over the next four months that you wouldn't have purchased had you just purchased that hundred dollar item with cash in your pocket. Yep, absolutely. Very well said. Great information, great learning experience. <clears throat> be smart, be wise. Don't use BNPL. <laughs> Don't do what Bob did. <laughs> All right, man. Great conversation. Appreciate your insight and wisdom on this. <laughs> you call it insight and wisdom. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Always a good talk. All right, we'll catch you later, bud. Bye.